0: Hello? Hey Katiekins, it's Rosalie. Wanna have a slumber party?
1: Suppose nature gave a war, and everybody came. The snakes, the birds, the lizards and frogs. And suppose that the polluters, the species on earth called man, were the enemy in that war. I still believe man is master of the world. And then, suppose that the human race lost. <laughs>
0: Slumberkins, I am Rosalie Kicks and I'm Katie McBrown and we are best friends forever. Each episode we roll out our sleeping bags, pick out a flick featuring one of our favorite heartthrobs and we gab about it. If this is your first time at the Slumber Party, we hope you brought your snacks. And before we start gabbing, let me tell you how the show works. Katie Kins and I visit a video store which happens to be in my basement and we select a movie that features one of our favorite heartthrobs. And then we get our sleeping bags and we chat about the flick to determine whether the movie is worthy enough to be placed on our coveted slumber party watch shelf. It's kind of a mouthful. It is. Slumberkins. It is officially spooky season.
2: Yes. And we have so many sexy slashers in store for you, Slumberkins, which will all be revealed in due time. let me just say, this is my favorite month of the BFF pod.
0: Yes, I love Halloween so much, and I'm really excited that we're slumbering again. And we're doing it during the most spooktacular time of year. So Katie, what is your favorite activity during spooky season? You
2: asked me this earlier, so I was thinking about it. And I really think it has to be when we do like our horror movie marathons together. Do you remember that one year when we watched... All of the Freddies. And then you even tried to get me to watch all of the Hellraisers. Those were some good days.
1: No. Kirsty, it's Frank. It's Uncle Frank. No. You remember? No! Come to Daddy. Get the fuck off of me!
0: Yes. It so it's funny when you go through those franchises because there's such like ups and downs. And unfortunately, with the Hellraisers, we definitely hit a slump of them just being bad.
2: Yeah, there were a few downs that is. it's hard for me to to have any motivation to keep watching them at this point.
0: Yeah, but we did skip to the end and watch the most recent one.
2: I feel like that was a good reboot if they're going to have more coming out. I did, I did enjoy it.
0: Yeah, maybe we'll watch the new ones. Maybe. Maybe. well my favorite thing to do is i love to send out my annual spooky boxes and like essentially they are halloween care packages that i send out to friends of mine and they're filled with candy and ghouls and other spooky tricks and treats and this will mark the third year that i've been doing it and i just love sending them out
2: well as somebody that receives these boxes i must say they are very rad Every year I get really excited because obviously I'm an adult now, so I don't go trick-or-treating. And I also don't really love to like go places, so it literally shows up in the mail, which I check monthly. You know how I don't check the mail that often. But you always tell me they're on their way, and I'm always so excited to open them. Last year there was a really awesome coffin, and then there was rings, like spider rings, and of course the candy is always delicious. But... October is also the month that we celebrate your birth.
0: Yes, and this year is quite the milestone birthday. I will be 40. And next Friday is my birthday. And it happens to be the day that I feel is the most thrilling and chilling day of them all, Friday the 13th. But also, to make it even more exciting and fantastic, I am going to be with the mouse. I
2: am so excited. First of all, that you're going to have your birthday, your 40th birthday on Friday the 13th. There is nothing cooler than that. But that you'll also be in the world of Disney. Mr. Mickey Mouse himself will hopefully be giving you lots of treats and surprises. And I really hope you ride the Tower of Terror that day because the bellhop costume is my favorite.
0: Yes, I... Well, we'll see what will happen because... I, don't, I know you haven't been to Disney in a while, but the mouse has a lot of rules and you have to pick the park you're going to like before you actually go. And so I am scheduled to go to Magic Kingdom. So without a doubt, I will be riding the Haunted Mansion and I'll also be scoping it out because I plan to move in there.
2: <laughs> will you save a bedroom for me?
0: Yes, of course. Yes. But you can like park hop. So if I can, I might hop over to the other park and go on Tower of Terror because that is also one of my favorite rides.
2: Well, we'll have to recap that when you get back.
0: Yes, yes, definitely. I think there's probably been enough chit-chat. I think it's time for Girl Talk. Talk,
1: talk, talk, talk. Girl Talk, talking back. Girl Talk Dateline, the game about the two things girls like best, talking on the phone and... I'd love
0: to go. Boys. And this is the segment of the show when we talk about the movie featuring our chosen heartthrob and in honor of Spooky season. It is officially deemed Hunky Horror Heartthrob.
2: Hunky Horror, as I said, is my most favorite, I guess, theme that we do. We don't do many themes yet, but I feel like this one is just my favorite because who doesn't love horror movies? I know I have a few friends out there that listen and don't really enjoy horror movies, but you're missing out on some good-looking guys and gals as we will talk about in this pod.
0: Yeah, I I know horror isn't for everyone. Personally, I find it to be a lot of fun. And many of the actors and filmmakers, they get their start in horror. Because it tends to be more, like, the audience tends to be more forgiving, even if it's a low budget. So many will get their start, and you can see... <laughs> people i would say like in their younger days uh before they made it big which i always think is a lot of fun to like just see who pops up
2: that's true i really enjoy that there's certain people that you're like wow i didn't realize that they made anything prior to like their breakout role when in reality we have like matthew mcconaughey in the texas chainsaw massacre and um i think renee zellweger was in a texas chainsaw massacre so it's really interesting to see who pops up in these.
0: Yeah, definitely. And for our first installment of Hunky Horror, we will be chatting about the 1972 eco-horror film Frogs and honoring horror hunk Sam Elliott, who plays Pickett Smith.
1: Ray Moland, <laughs> Sam Elliott, Joan Van Art, Adam Rohr, Judy Pace. First of all, we're going to have to try to find our Stewart and Michael. I'll be very honest with you. I don't think we will not alive, anyway. Keep talking, Pick, because you're the only one making any sense around here. But whether we find him or not, we've got to get off this damn island. All of us, now!
0: Remember, Slumberkins, for the film to end up on the Slumber Party watch shelf, it needs to earn at least five gold stars. As we're chatting, if you hear a twinkle sound, that signifies that it earned a star. And Katie Kens, will you share the criteria for earning a gold star along with some of our fantastic additions in honor of spooky season?
2: I would love to. So a movie can earn a star if it features such things as a mall, bonus babe alert, radical fashions, bodacious soundtrack, a bad boy, nudies, a rebel girl, pizza delivery, first kiss, wild hair, crazy cuisines, and dream digs. And then for the spooky occasion, we have added Dreamboat, which really only pertains to Freddy Krueger when he does something wacky. You can listen to our last year's episode to find out what that's about. Sexy Slasher, Wacky Weaponry, Foodie Fatality, Gratuitous Gore, Killer Knockout, meaning Babes that get Slayed, and Murderous Music. We are always adding to this list, too, and obviously are open to suggestions, so shoot us a note if you have an idea, Slumberkins.
0: Yeah, and it's really exciting. I love when people share ideas, so please tweet to us because we love to hear what you're thinking. And Katiekins, I shared a picture of the VHS box with you. What did you think of it?
2: So the cover is amazing. It is one gigantic frog taking up pretty much the entire space with one human hand coming out of its mouth. So I guess we already know who the villain is before we even watch the movie. (laughs) Right.
0: Yeah. I love how the cover looks as if it was like slapped together in Microsoft paint. (laughs) Like the frog has the hand in there, but it's like, I don't know. You can just tell it was just slapped together and it pleases me a lot. And Apparently, though, this cover confused a lot of people before they even saw the movie because they thought it was going to be about man eating frogs due to the frog holding the hand, and some people were disappointed when they watched it because, as you know, they don't eat the people.
2: I mean, they might not eat the people, but people are in for a treat when they watch this movie because these little frog masterminds, they have tricks up their sleeves.
0: Yeah, I agree. I will now share the back of the box summary in case you haven't seen this and you just want to know briefly what it's all about. Frogs, today the pond, tomorrow the world. Jason Crockett has gathered his family at his ancestral mansion on his island down south to celebrate his birthday and the 4th of July. But the traditional reunion is somehow saddened by a feeling of strangeness in the air. Tension is heightened when the caretaker is found dead in the woods, crawling with frogs and snakes. Soon they are everywhere, joined by lizards and alligators, engulfing the mansion and all intent on the destruction of man. A terrifying story of time to come, when nature strikes back. Running time, 1 hour and 31 minutes.
2: Which is a lovely amount of time for a movie, by the way. Lots of hard writers and directors need to take note that an hour and 30 minutes, an hour and 31 minutes is probably max point. But also, I love, I didn't realize because this is the first time I'm hearing the back of the box summary. Being that it's called Frogs, I just didn't expect all these other animals to be involved.
0: Yes. The other reptilians, I feel, are just an added bonus, in my opinion. And I will say I do totally agree with you about the runtime. I think especially a movie of this caliber, like you don't want it running longer than that. I agree. Anyway, in regards to like the reptiles that show up, I mean, there's some wild ones, which we will get to in a little bit. But I did want to mention that at the time this movie was released, there was a slew of movies depicting animals fighting back against humans, especially in regards to the environment. And there were movies like Willard. Another movie that comes to mind is Night of the Lepus, which is also another crazy movie where there's like humongous rabbits. And it actually came out the same year as Frogs. And then there was Orca the Killer Whale in 1977. So there was a bunch of these different animals fighting humans uh, flicks.
2: I feel like I need to watch Night of the Lepus like ASAP. So whatever little note section in your phone that has our list of movies, add that to it.
0: I shall. I I watched it during when we were in lockdown And it was quite something, I will say, the way that they use the special effects to make the rabbits look humongous. Oh
2: my gosh, I can only imagine. And it sounds wonderful.
0: But I love the way Frogs opens with Sam Elliott, who we mentioned, his name is Pickett Smith in the film. And he's presumably like a wildlife photographer of sorts. He's taking pictures and he's in a canoe on the swamp. And there's all sorts of pollution just floating around. And he's documenting essentially like how humans are destroying this area. And I will say, though, a lot of it is trash, but there is some treasure mixed in. Like I saw there was a doll <laughs> floating.
2: <laughs> and you're always going to be excited when there is a doll in any in any part of the world. But... I feel like there was just so much trash in this swamp that nothing would have made me want to reach out and grab the dolly.
0: Well, I will say when you see a doll, especially in a film, like immediately my mind goes to it's haunted. (laughs) Brahms. Yes. So I would probably pull the doll out of the swamp because I could use it for evil doings, but that's just me. But Pickett leaves the doll and all the trash in there. He's just taking photos of it. And then sadly, his photo shoot is interrupted because there's somebody doing donuts in a speedboat.
2: Yes. So this is where we are introduced to Clint. And I feel like guys like this are always a Clint. Pickett's canoe ends up getting turned over and he falls into the water along with his precious camera that he just took the stunning trash pics with to document how disgusting and horrible the the people are in this environment. But right before this, we see Clint, like, crushing Bud Heavies and, like, doing multiple donies, showing off for his sister, it seemed like, gazing at her. I don't know. I found him to be just gross.
0: Yeah, he was a bad dude. I didn't like anything about him from the moment we see him. And I was like, I can't wait till he dies. <laughs> But I do love how Pickett gets his revenge, though, because he, so as you said, he, like his canoe gets flipped over, he's completely drenched. And then like, as Clint is like helping him up into the boat, Pickett just pulls him in with him because he's like, you know what, if I'm wet, you're going to be wet too. And I think that is perfect. I agree. And they end up, the brother and sister end up taking Pickett to their grandfather's mansion. Obviously, the guy is soaked. He lost all his belongings. So they feel like this is the right thing to do.
2: Yeah. And I can't imagine just being in that wet denim. Like he was in full denim from head to toe, a denim long sleeve button up and denim jeans that were plastered to his body at this point. So I'd want to get out of those immediately. Anyway, so we're about seven minutes into the movie because then we finally see the star of the film, which is the frogs. I remember looking over at you to, to pause so I could be like, when did we first see the frogs? How many minutes in? So anyway, get in, we dock and we meet grandpa who is sitting there with his Irish setter. Grandpa is Jason Crockett, by the way, who we talked about before. And I was so delighted to see the Irish setter because I don't know about you, but they just remind me of the 90s.
0: Yeah, I I agree too, because my grandparents actually had an Irish setter when I was growing up, and that would have been in like early 90s. So it definitely reminds me of the 90s. And they're just such cool dogs.
2: They have long flowing locks.
0: They do. And I really liked that dog. But at the same point when I saw it, immediately I was concerned because I did not want to being injured
2: you basically you did say nothing better happened to that dog (laughs) you said it out loud (laughs) which i agree with i don't like to see any of that happen
0: yeah and as you mentioned this is also a meet ray Meland, who plays the patriarch mr jason crockett
1: well karen Grandpa but clint didn't know what he was doing out there and we nearly ran mr smith down so we fished him out now we're going to offer him a little food and drink after he gets changed out of his wet clothes just a moment mr smith i saw you out on the lake early this morning you've been paddling around this island for hours taking pictures yes sir don't you know what's against the law grandpa no sir i didn't there's a sign out there that says private property
0: he is in a wheelchair and and this is supposed to be like swamp city so it's like humid and this guy is in like a three-piece white suit and then he has a blankie over his legs which i think is ridiculous like i don't know how he was sitting there with a blankie and then clearly he's wearing a toupee
2: right which actually i think you even pointed out before i read that Because of how humid it was in Florida, where it was filmed, that the toupee kept slipping off while they were filming just because of the excessive sweat that was happening. That makes me giggle.
0: Yeah. I mean, Florida is so freaking humid that maybe, maybe that's why they had the blanket. It was supposed to be like a towel,
2: (laughs) (laughs) a cooling towel.
0: I don't know. It just seemed like a lot for that type of weather whatever. So you meet him. And I think I feel like when Ray Milan shows up and utters his first line, you're just like, oh, you're that guy. Like, you know who this character is right from the start. (laughs) Yes, it's definitely
2: like, "Mm, I know you're kind. Exactly.
0: So apparently, I did want to mention too, because when you mentioned about the frog showing up, They apparently, while they were filming this movie, they stayed at a holiday inn and they tried to bring like all of these frogs, snakes, and lizards with them when they were staying there. And of course the hotel was like, no, you're not bringing these reptiles. And I just can't even imagine, like, especially because we've shot a movie dealing with that. No. Live animals and then trying to figure out what you're going to do with them at night. And I just like, because
2: it's a Holiday Inn. So obviously, like, you get lots of foot traffic at a Holiday Inn, like a nice low budget hotel that families go to. So I guess the noises would have definitely tipped people off.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. But the director is like committed to these frogs because we constantly see them in this movie.
2: It's so true, I feel like the b-roll footage alone must have taken months to edit, like just to go through because there wasn't a single reused like frog scene, and it was like there it was fresh every single time,
0: yeah, I think that's an excellent point. You'd expect like especially it being a low budget movie that oh, they'd reuse some of the same shots. nope. They're all brand new. And there was an estimated like 500 Florida frogs and they had a hundred or so South American toads purchased for this movie. And the crazy thing is that many of them escaped during the production. But at the same point, I think like, well, what would you have done with them when the movie wraps? Like you're not gonna take them back.
2: (laughs) Well, at least fly the toads back to South America.
0: True. Yeah, because I mean, are they even going to be able to survive in this other environment? They probably didn't care.
2: They probably didn't care. They probably went into the swamps and just lived with the rest of the reptiles.
0: You're definitely right. They probably spent weeks shooting and gathering the footage of the B-roll, but I'm happy they did because (laughs) some of the scenes are very funny. I agree. But as for the Crockett family, I do love how they are all introduced. Like you first, well, you first obviously meet the brother and sister, then you meet grandpa, then you start going into the actual mansion. And they kind of trape Sam Elliott around, like all wet, like he's mm-hmm. drenched. And they're like, oh, well, you need to meet these people first before you go change, which I would have been screaming
2: yeah. Cause just think about like, so you're soaking wet, but you're also like humid and hot and you're meeting all these strangers for the first time. Like there is nothing that would make me want to run and steal that person's boat and go back to wherever I came from, away from this family.
0: Yeah. Like the one lady they introduced, she's like an older lady. She's like playing with specimens that she's like caught outside like and she's putting them under like glass domes and things then there's another couple they're like playing with a Ouija board like all these people are just very peculiar and then you're all wet and I would just be like I don't know what's going on but they end up inviting Pickett to a picnic because I guess they feel bad like he was knocked out of the canoe and he has no belongings at this point point. But there's also some, like, other motives at play because the minute this guy shows up, everyone is looking him up and down. Even Milan, Mr. Crockett, is in love with Pickett. Like, he starts assigning him, like, tasks to do.
2: Right. It was almost like he was, like, the cabana boy for him. (laughs) He showed up and he was just like, oh, I'm going to get him to do things. But yeah, so we obviously are deeming Pickett as the hungry heartthrob. And everybody that encounters, like, everybody that he encounters, they all are, like, looking up up and down, like you said, fully eye-fucking this dude. And, I mean, I get it. He was in, like, tight, wet denim. It was hugging every part of his body. And he looked good. So I don't blame them.
0: But do you think Pickett is glad that they invited him to the picnic?
2: I kind of have a sense that Pickett just kind of is a go with the flow kind of guy. And he will just do whatever and wherever. I think he's just so curious. I don't know if that's like the photographer in him. But I also think he had like a little something, something for the sister Karen in her yellow like onesie bathing suit.
0: Yeah, I agree. There is kind of this curiosity about him. He wants to see, let's see where this goes. And the other thing about, I would say, All of these people, like, none of them are really in a rush to do anything or get anywhere. So (laughs) it's like they're all just kind of hanging out. I'm not going to lie. I would wear that yellow onesie that she had on, but I would wear it as a swimming suit (laughs) because it looked very comfortable. I think it had pockets, if I'm remembering correctly. And I just think I would be very agile in it. I kind of
2: feel like you're making up the pockets thing. It definitely looked appropriate for the weather because I feel like we would just be like dripping sweat because you and I both like sweat easily. So I agree that it would probably be comfortable in that kind of weather, but I don't I, I, I wouldn't wear that.
0: Yes, because you need a fabric that breathes. And that looked like it was terry cloth. Yeah. So unlike grandpa in his wool suit. This, I think, was more better for the climate. But Pickett was into it. I mean, I think he wanted one of those onesies too. I think
2: at that point he was just like, Jesus, can somebody in one of these 500 bedrooms find me an outfit to change into? Because I'm full (laughs) of dirty swamp water.
0: (laughs) Yes. So the other thing is he also, not only did he want clothing, but he was also trying to use the phone which he tried a few times, but mysteriously, it's dead. And inevitably, I mean, they all seem, the family doesn't seem to really have any concern for the phone, and they end up consuming Pickett's time regardless. Like, Mr. Crockett ends up sending him on some kind of wild goose chase, looking for the caretaker that never returned. And we don't really know, like, how long that guy's been missing, but he's been out, and... No one knows Reese at. His name is Grover. And apparently, Mr. Crockett had sent him out to the swamp because he wanted to try to get rid of the frogs. So he sent this guy Grover out with some kind of poison that they've been using. And I just think it's funny that Mr. Crockett's like, oh, yeah, he's going to tr- eliminate all the frogs.
2: Right. And the reason this is like the stupidest reason, too. Everybody was like, oh, I can't sleep at night because the frogs are so loud. Like, that is a first world problem if I've ever heard of one.
0: Definitely. Yes. And they don't, they say it like multiple times. They're just like, oh, this sound.
2: For all the alcohol that they were consuming, you would think that they would have slept like babies because I feel like everybody was always had a drink in their hand. Definitely Mr. Crockett.
0: Yes. There was a lot of day drinking.
2: <laughs> they were celebrated. They were pre-celebrating for tomorrow. But this is the scene where like I started to get a little itchy because Pickett is like wandering through the swamplands and he finally like comes upon a face down body and there were snakes like slithering around and this man is face down and like a little bit of wet, like not a lot, but like (laughs) it was like in it and I would not have touched that body. I would have been on the next plane to like Canada somewhere far and far away in Chile.
0: Yeah, the corpse, this is our first corpse, and it's definitely like face down in muck. And for some reason or the other, Pickett decides like, oh, I'm gonna turn it over. (laughs) Like he like crawls into the muck. And when he flips it over, I think this qualifies for some gratuitous score because the face is destroyed.
2: Destroyed, like this, he like looked goopy I think one of his eyes was, like, open. I don't know. Poor Grover.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It, it's it's pretty bad. But you gotta love it, though. Like, immediately following the reveal of the corpse, you get some high-quality B-roll of the frogs and the reptiles. And sometimes they don't even need to be alive. Like, sometimes the inner cuts are just of frog statues. But you still get these ribbit sounds.
2: It's true. I feel like... Right away, it goes to, like, the frogs, which are basically like, yeah, so what? We did it. Grover guy poisoned Grandpa Fred and we're not happy. Like, they're not even, like, beating around the bush that the frogs are pissed. They're just like, yeah, they did it. That was, It was the frogs that figured this shit out. But then Pickett, like, just saunters back to the house all casual and is like, no sign of old Grover.
0: Yeah, it's such a weird scene. He also, when he comes back, he wants to have a private chat with Mr. Crockett, which I do feel like some of the family did see like, oh, hey, I want to have this chat with you, which would make them more concerned or worried. But essentially, like they just want to keep this dead body to themselves. And Mr. Crockett is like already starting this campaign of like, you can't interfere with the family weekend. Everything will go on as planned. That whole thing is already starting. And while they're chatting in this other room, I'll call it a study, all of a sudden there's all this chaos and boom, there's a snake on the chandelier.
2: Yes. Like at this point, it's like the reptiles are coming in. They have zero fucks to give. They are ready to avenge whatever. I mean, like they're just... On, like that one was just coiled around the chandelier, which was amazing. But I think the snake just wanted some pot roast.
0: Yeah, I, I do. I quite enjoy how you have no idea, or is it shown, like how that snake got in there
2: and slithered, and slithered up there.
0: Yes, it, it's quite great. And I feel like the way Milan handles it, like he comes into the room and he's just like, step aside, and he like completely takes over ends up shooting this snake down. I mean, I probably would have taken it like one step further. I would have just burnt the house down.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I definitely would have allowed for you to burn the house down.
0: I'm a vegetarian, but I really draw the line with snakes. I just can't with them. I find them to be extremely troublesome. They're just always slithering and scheming and... Up to something. Like, how did that one get on the chandelier?
2: At this point, a mystery. Maybe the Irish Setter brought it in.
0: Maybe. I think the dog might be in on it with the frogs. Um, yeah. Maybe he brought the snake in. Animals should stick together. That house would be getting burnt down. (laughs) And even with all these reptiles trying to get in, and there's, like, complete chaos in the house... It's really interesting, like, you start seeing the family's, like, true colors, because Clint's sister, who was in the boat earlier, you know, when they met Pickett, who was doing the Donies, she is, like, completely obsessed with Pickett, and then, like, decides to tell him, like, the next day, oh, I almost came into your room last night.
2: (laughs) Yeah, she... She's like, I totally would have, but the floorboards creak. But like with all of them complaining about the noise of the frogs, like I doubt a little floorboard creaking would have been like obnoxious enough to keep everybody awake. Just very interesting.
0: Yeah, that's true. For the amount of complaining they're doing about the noise, it's like, would anybody have even heard the floorboard? Doubtful.
2: Exactly. They would have been tuned out by or drowned out by the rivets. So, we get into the next day, the day of the big party, and it's kind of like everyone's doing their own thing. We got one of the guys who like heads out or try to fix power for for the phone line that went out, and he's walking, and then he like just trips and shoots himself in the leg. Dude, you're running through swampland, like you're definitely gonna trip, so maybe don't hold a gun like that,
0: yeah, his death might be. My favorite, actually, because it just shows the idiocy of this family and also, I mean, dudes in general, just doing dude things (laughs) like, oh, I'm going to, you know, truck through this swamp with my gun. Like, what is that even going to do? Well, and then at
2: like one point he was like shooting up at the birds. Like, I don't know, like, where are you? Like, what are you? Are you there to hunt or are you there to, like, fix something? Like, what is your agenda?
0: Right. And- Regardless, the gun is completely useless. I mean, it shoots him in the leg. And then he ends up in sort of like a tarantula tomb, as you called it. And (laughs) the moss starts attacking him. And I'm going to classify this as wacky weaponry. Because I honestly can say I've never witnessed anything like this in a motion picture. Quicksand, yes. But this moss is like moving. And it's like alive and it just suffocates him. And then the tarantulas like immediately spin a web.
2: Yes. It was almost like the moss and the tarantula web was like working in unison. The way the moss was like creeping around his body and like holding him down. But then I also was totally terrified because they got so close up to the tarantulas that I was like scared. I could see into their souls and it was terrifying, but I did also really love this death too because of how the moss just worked its magic and took this dumbass out.
0: Yeah. I mean, spiders are definitely on my list. They are. No, I, I don't like, I wouldn't want them on me, but I will say I don't go out of my way to like kill them. Yeah. I try to relocate them. If they're in my home, like I will, you know, do the cup thing and and try, and I will put them outside. Whereas, like snakes, I'm sorry, but I I just I will chop one.
2: Blaze a fire is being set.
0: <laughs> they really creep me out. Then you also have these lizards too, and they end up attacking another member of the family that goes off on their own. Milan ends up sending one of the guys into the greenhouse because, and I forget why he was sending him into the greenhouse exactly.
2: I recall actually, he didn't send him into the greenhouse. Somebody wanted an orchid.
0: Right. Yes. And so he goes into the greenhouse and these lizards are just all slinking around and they start knocking different like poison bottles on the shelf. And we know they're poison because they are marked. (laughs)
2: Poison. It was like poison, toxic, chemicals. And I also just really liked that they kept showing the lizards like coming through the open door because he left the greenhouse door open a little bit. It was like they were all entering and I found that to be amazing. Yes. So this is where uh, we have a little bit more wacky weaponry because these lizards basically formed a Molotov cocktail of poison by... Knocking them off with their tails onto the ground and creating some kind of gas asphyxiation to this man.
0: Yeah, you know, now that we're talking about it, what's really wild is they must somehow be immune to it. Right. Because the lizards are fine.
2: They they were like, oh, what what is this smoke cloud? I don't care.
0: Right. But the guy is definitely dead.
2: Yeah, he was... he was... dead but I actually I found them to be super clever in this moment so I give them so much credit for their smart smart attack
0: oh definitely and if anybody's keeping tabs at this point we have death by snake death by spiders and moss and death by lizards
2: so in this scene is this like the first time too where we saw like those little like black and white dino things like they were like little dinosaurs and to me, they seemed kind of like the brains of the operation,
0: yes, I think this is like the first time that we see those type of reptiles, and I feel like they're like second in command to the frogs, like they're making sure that the plan happens <laughs> they're good they're go- seeing the execution through, yes, yes, but they're very devious, like I love seeing. All of their faces close up. And that's something I really like, again, about the B-roll. Because you get to see these wonderful faces of these lizards. I could do without the tongue shots.
2: Well, there was a lot of tongue shots. But I just liked how sometimes, like, I guess lizards just kind of make that face where their mouths are open and their eyes just look wild. It, that was really good stuff. But I will say, the little black and white guys, they kind of give me the willies. Yeah,
0: yeah. I feel like when you look into their eyes, like you see, and it's just murder and mayhem.
2: Yeah, blackened eyes. Yeah,
0: I understand, you know, feeling that way. Again, it's not something like I would want to touch. Never. No. Let's talk about party guest Iris. Iris was the family member in the beginning we mentioned. She was like placing specimens under domes. And she seemed to catch butterflies and insects and she was like mounting them or something. But she heads out in the afternoon for some butterfly catching. Like one catches her eye and she like follows it. (laughs) But she ends up finding herself like surrounded by snakes. And they almost seem like, like they were watching her. Because as she gets deeper into... The marshland, whatever you want to call it, she's being pursued and chased by gators, and then ultimately is murdered by leeches. She is completely covered by them.
2: I really enjoyed that the snakes like had her surrounded, so she had nowhere to go but like into the swamps. So she like fell into like the swamp heap, and then all of a sudden a, an alligator showed up and we like were, it was like a combo between like the leeches and the alligator or something. Like I know the gate, like the alligator didn't really, he didn't, he or she didn't harm her as much as the leeches. Cause those leeches got her. Yeah. I really, I really liked this scene.
0: Yeah. It was very creepy as well because the leeches left crazy marks on her, and I don't yeah. know why, but as a kid, I was always afraid of leeches. I never have seen one.
2: Right, but I feel like it was like, I know the first time I was ever terrified of leeches was from Stand By Me. Oh, yes. They just made it seem like that was something that we were going to like encounter often, like we had to be wary of it.
0: yeah. Yeah, I could see that. But it's just funny, like you are afraid of something. But yeah, I've never seen a leech, but still they terrify me. And it makes me wonder how much they put this poor woman through, because after the movie, we ended up watching the trailer, and we saw like a completely different death for this lady.
2: Yeah, well, and it's in the on the back of the DVD that you have where she's, like, sinking into quicksand and, like, surrounded by snakes and alligators, and she's, like, sinking. And I actually am kind of sad that we didn't get that version.
0: Well, yeah, I feel like they could have kind of combined them with the quicksand and the leeches. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I, I wonder what happened, why they shot the multiple death scenes
2: Which makes me wonder if there's like other uncut versions of some of these deaths out there, which I would love to see.
0: Yeah, I think, yeah, I wonder that too. There's definitely probably more B-roll footage.
2: Oh, at least, at least 12 more hours.
0: Which actually makes me think like if the director would have edited this film, it would probably have been like three hours long.
2: (laughs) And there would be like a whole frog montage
0: like, yes. for at
2: least a half an hour between every major death.
0: Correct, yeah. It'd be glorious. Even with everyone starting, you know, they're disappearing, or they're, you know, they're being sent out to do a task, not returning, Milan is so adamant that the party will go on as planned.
1: <laughs> Quiet, Colonel. What is it? What does he see? What's going on? Plan... Get me out of here. Clint, keep your wife quiet.
2: Grandfather, something terrible
1: is happening. You be quiet. Mr. Crocker. we all know how important your plans are to you. You couldn't possibly know. We're going ahead with this celebration today just as I planned. Just as I've celebrated all my life. Nothing's going to stop it.
2: Yeah, because at this point, like three people are M.I.A. and Milan just like listening to his old, really warped sounding records, as you pointed out, and like drinking double old fashions. And I don't know if it's this part where they where Pickett finds the guy in the greenhouse, but they're like, okay, bodies are piling like this is the second body now.
0: Yeah, part of me wonders, too, now that we're talking about it, with him drinking the old fashions, you know, like in when they're filming, typically, that's not actually alcohol. You know, it's some kind of... Like an iced tea. (laughs) I think, though, in this case, it might be alcohol. I wouldn't put it past him. Yeah, but you are right. Like, the bodies have started to pile up, and the only sensible one is the glamorous Bella. And she's a girlfriend of one of the Crockett boys. And Milan really had it in for her, which I think you could pretty much well assume his character is racist. Yeah. Yeah. So Bella is like, I need to get out of here. And the only other people that are even speaking that way are the house staff, which also both happen to be Black, Maybelle and Charles. They want out of that house too
2: right and they are well this is obviously even in hysterics they were the only ones making sense and talking like yeah like you shouldn't stay here because bad things are happening but we did give bella a bonus babe star because she had the most exemplary outfits i feel like anything she wore it was like head to toe perfection at this point milan's like yeah just go like you can get out of here, but you'll miss the festivities. Like, he just kept worrying about the day's agenda.
0: Yes, the party must go on as scheduled. Despite there being, like, frogs everywhere, they're crawling all over his cake, which is shaped and decorated like an American flag, which was astounding. Like, the frogs are just climbing.
2: Is it his birthday? Is it 4th of July? Is it both? Was this, like, the day... he like got left. He was like discharged from the war. Like it seemed like there was a lot of celebrations (laughs) in one. And then I was so excited that the cake was smashed by frogs because nobody should have been allowed to eat that cake. I bet that cake was made of the grossest frosting. So I'm glad the frogs got it. But this was also like, The moment, like another moment in the film where I had asked about the Irish setter again. I'm like, where is the Irish setter?
0: I think this is an easy answer. The Irish setter was off gathering snakes and bringing them to the home. I think he, you know, the Irish setter was giving these (laughs) reptilians a ride, like serving as a taxi.
2: Yeah, that's maybe, maybe that was like, because they were hanging on to like his furs and stuff like that.
0: The long locks.
2: I can see it. Yeah. Well, then, so then we have like a couple other deaths. People are leaving. We see Maybell, Belle, and Charles leave and they get out. But then one of the Crockett uh, sons and the daughter in law, they're gone. We, lo- we lose them to some more amazingness. Like there was a snapping turtle. Yeah. I think another alligator, crabs. Mm hmm. It was impressive.
0: Yeah. And I feel like they don't waste any time. They all just start happening. And again, after each death, you get an inner cut of the B-roll. <laughs>
2: <laughs> is this like when they're about to like just leave Miland there?
0: Yes. there There is an altercation between Miland and who's left. Like basically you have Miland, Pickett, Karen who was the one that had the hots for Pickett.
2: Yellow onesie.
0: Yeah. And then there's the t- these two children.
2: They're orphans
0: now. Basically, they're like, come on, you need to leave. But Milan is like, I will not leave this house. I I will stay here. And he goes on to say something about the house having an elevator. Mm-hmm. He can go upstairs. It's not a problem. And they're just like, you know what? We're not fighting with this stubborn old man. We're yeah. leaving. And so they they just hightail it out of there. I do want to say I absolutely love Milan's demise because despite everything that's happening, the reptiles are coming in, the frogs start pouncing on the windows. Because <laughs> you hear like these thuds, you know, they're trying to get in. Juan
2: even broke in. There was a point where it broke through the glass.
0: Yes, yes. And He's still refusing to leave, and instead he's battened down the hatch. He fills his whiskey tumbler to the brim.
1: We're all leaving now. The Crockett's are staying. Grandpa, after all that's happened today, do you think it makes any difference whether we stay? I'm staying and you're staying. But don't you understand? I, I can't let the children stay, and I can't let you stay either. If anyone gives orders in this house, I do. Now, if you want to disobey me, all right, go ahead. Thought you at least were different. Thought you had the Crockett strength, the guts. But if you want to leave, go. Go on, get the hell out of here. And just stand up and be counted. That means are you with me or against me? You understand?
0: In the end, he's overtaken by these frogs, who I feel in this scene earn a star of sexy slasher.
2: Sure. I'm I'm all for it. <laughs> I was thinking that this was the point where also where the Irish setter was like just opening the doors for them to come in. So if we can bundle the frogs and the Irish setter, then they can both be sexy slashers.
0: Yeah, I'm for that. Because this Irish setter is definitely in the room as all of this is occurring. And then he kind of just slinks away. Right. Goodbye. I'm out.
2: I don't know. There was a part. He must have been so drunk because then he just like got up. Or tried to get out of the wheelchair and then just fell over onto his tummy.
0: Yeah. And I think it should be added here that Miland was actually, he did not need a wheelchair. There are movies that he did towards the end of his career, because obviously 1972, he was getting towards the end here. And there seemed to be, though, a string of films where he was in a wheelchair. Part of me wonders if that was a demand.
2: Maybe it was in his contract because he was just so, what is he like in his 80s at this point? So maybe he was just, I'm tired. I don't really want to like stand in scenes or be walking. I'll just sit. So just have part of the storyline where I'm in a wheelchair.
0: Right. The scene is interesting because he tries to get out of it. And the whole time you're just like, but wait, this guy couldn't walk. Right. I don't know. (laughs) It's probably because he was drunk or something.
2: Yeah. The tea was actually liquor.
0: Yeah, I do think that that might be true. But I do want to say one more thing. I would like to introduce a new star for hunky horror known as the Valiant Victim. And I do think Milan deserves this for staying behind because he stayed behind and he was trying to fight the frogs. Now, whether or not that was smart is questionable. But also, I just want to give Milan a star. So here's the thing: if I was just let you
2: throw stars around willy nilly, everything is going to get shelved, and we've already this is already going to make the shelf because this is going to be star number seven, I believe. And he didn't actually try to fight <sighs> anything off; he was making everybody else do things for him. And he was just drinking. So, I mean, you have been pushing hard and I do love you. So I might allow it this time.
0: Okay. Well, I appreciate that because I, I mean, it's not like I'm trying to vie for like a hunky horror star, like heartthrob.
2: <laughs> now you're just going to make them up on the cuff though. Yes. Like as long as there's alliteration, you're like, it'll work. Yes. So I feel like. My only issue, again, or, like, another thing, even though I'm letting you have the star, I don't even think that body at the end was Milan because three days before shooting ended, he left. And I really think it was because of his toupee, how it kept, like, sweating off. And maybe, I mean, I don't blame him. I think I might have left if I was sweating that much.
0: Well, I mean, that's just a minor detail. You know, I think overall, the majority of the film, he is there. And present.
2: And just demanding people to do things. Sure. You know what? This is becoming very reminiscent of like when you just text me like demands. (laughs) I feel like you are milaned. Maybe. (laughs) Reincarnated.
0: But I do agree with you that I would not fault him for leaving early because that shoot seemed like hell. All those reptiles, humidity. Florida. Well
2: think about like the mosquitoes too like the those like little critters that you know are always like swarming too.
0: that part. It's horror and I don't blame him for leaving early. I mean and all the principal photography was shot. It was fine.
2: Yeah we had enough principal photography we had plenty of b-roll that was you know we had plenty to film and then yeah his body face down we didn't need to see his face.
0: Yeah, nobody know.
2: But I feel like overall, I really enjoyed the Frights and the Frogs. So are you ready to tally? I sure am. Let's bust out the diary, and I'm going to blow the dust off of my clicky pen.
0: Dear Diary, Frogs has earned a total of seven stars for Heartthrob, Gratuitous Score, Sexy Slasher, Wacky Weaponry, Bonus Babe, and Valiant Victim. Which means, Slumberkins, we have added another tape to the shelf. This
2: was a fun flick. I'm really glad we watched it. But I am going to look twice at frogs now whenever I see them, which is rare, I will say. I don't see frogs that often living in where I live. But I will kind of give them a twice look over.
0: Well, when the credits hit the screen, you immediately proclaimed this was a masterpiece. (laughs) You were like, this is brilliant. (laughs) I, I will say we did
2: watch it a, like, a, like we started fresh. But the day before we had watched a lot of drivel. And I feel like my palate was cleansed with this with this flick.
0: Yeah, I'll give you that. I mean, we did watch some rough ones and this was like a breath of fresh air. And again, going back to that runtime, you didn't have to invest, you know, half of your life watching it. Correct. It was a crisp 90 minutes and you're out. (laughs) Crisp. Yes. But you need to get a letterboxed because I want to track your ratings. I want to see what you deem a masterpiece.
2: I had one and then I really didn't do anything with it. So then I like deleted it. And I know you're always kind of wanting to see my ratings. But the truth is, Rosalie, I watch... I watch most of my movies with you these days. So you're
0: already going to know in real time. how I feel about most movies. I do like spying on people. I like seeing what they watch and read. Yeah. It's also honestly letterbox. It's just so good because sometimes I'll like see a movie. I forget or forgot that I watched it. And then I see, Oh, I rated this a one. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> or a half well until our next hunky horror slumber party Katie Kins, where can people find us
2: so you should definitely follow us on the social meds and on instagram at best dot pod and we literally love to interact we have giveaways from time to time of silly little things yeah that's where you can find us
0: Yeah. And remember, Slumberkins, you can also email us at dearbffpod at gmail.com. And if you write us a letter, you can send us snail mail at Attention Movie John, P.O. Box 20172, Philadelphia, PA, 19145. If you drop us a line, we will write back and send you some type of goodie from our fan club president, Mr. Clink, who has gifted us a bunch of different Things like vintage trading cards, stickers, all kinds of stuff. So send us a note. And for our next episode, in honor of it being Friday the 13th, we will be renting a Jason, the 1984 classic, Friday the 13th, the final chapter.
2: This is going to be so exciting to rewatch because a lot has changed probably since I've seen this. And I think I actually believe Crispin is good looking. <laughs>
0: in this movie well i was going to ask you the last time that you might have watched it i and i don't remember how old i was turning but i did have a friday the 13th party and we marathoned like a bunch of the jasons
2: it might have been then when i watched it for the last time yeah
0: it's going to be epically spooktacular And remember, Slumberkins, we have a lot of fantastic things in store for spooky season. So make sure you share with us your Halloween heartthrobs. We want to know who you deem as a hunky horror.
2: And also, you can share your favorite horror movies with us that maybe we haven't seen and Rosalie and I can watch. However, we also talk about heartthrobs in all genres of film. So if horror isn't where you get your heartthrobs, drop us a line for any kind of heartthrob. Male, female, non-binary. We love it all.
0: Yes. And that concludes today's program. Shout out to Movie John's Ashley Jane Davis for our spooky theme and the Hollywood honk Hugo Marmuji for our nifty logo. And also, you should check out themoviejohn.com slash shop where we actually are selling some Skate Allrich stickers that are now available. So check that out. And that's where you could find any of our merch.
2: Stickers are tops.
0: Yes. And yeah, I think you should buy like five of them and stick them on everything.
2: And maybe eventually we'll get some baseball tees and make them into shirts.
0: Yeah, definitely. So again, moviejohn.com slash shop and best friends forever is part of the Movie John Podcast Network. And we thank you for listening. Please enjoy a short ad from our unofficial, official sponsor, the Peanuts. Great pumpkin Halloween special. Goodbye.
1: Goodbye. Dear Great Pumpkin, I'm looking forward to your arrival on Halloween night. They're back, all the little Peanuts characters, in a happy Halloween special, filled with ghosties and ghoulies and things that go bump in the night. It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, Monday at 8, 7 Central and Mountain. Are you gonna be all right? you worried about me? Thank you for your concern. I'm going to be perfectly all right. I can get in that elevator by myself, I can get into bed by myself. And that's where I'm going and I'm going to sleep like a baby.